Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're going to need each other. Bonjour à toi! Okay. People Bien might think this is. Paris. I know. People might think this is a French movie. It's not. It's just... Mais c'est à Paris. <laughs> c'est à Paris. Okay. You can't just keep on saying in Paris, in or Paris. My other thing was going to be Good morning, Mr. Siddiqui. I think I did that. Already. I think you did. I think you did it for the apartment. Something. No. Well, I did um, White House. How may I help you? <laughs> For yes, Dick. for all, no, all the president's men. <laughs> was it all the president's men? It yeah. was for all the president's men, yeah. Oh. Hi, Nadim. <laughs> How's it going, Mita? I am living and breathing. I I don't know where I land with this. Do I keep saying I think it? you keep doing it until it stops feeling organic. Because right now it still is organic. Is it though? <laughs> you just said it. Yeah, that's true. I did just say it. Yeah. I, I am well. How are you? <laughs> I am surviving and thriving. Oh, wow. Look at that. 2022. Maybe look I'll at just, you. Maybe I'll co-opt the saying for this, the remainder of this season. <laughs> there you go. Mita, I had such a productive movie watching weekend. Oh my gosh, I'm so proud of I you. I know. I was really Tell good. Tell me all about it. So you have finished most of the Oscar movies or all of them? Most. There's a couple that I can't go see because there's no theaters open in Ontario mm. right now. Um, so I think I have like licorice. Do you want me to go what I have left? What do you have left? I know you have licorice pizza. I have licorice pizza left. I wrote down a lot of ones that actually I don't think are Oscar contenders. Mm-hmm. So I have Cyrano, licorice pizza, the tender bar, passing, Luca, Annette, Flea, Rhea and the Last Dragon, and Nightmare Alley. Okay. You have a lot of like secondary films. Like mm-hmm. not like big so ones. So it's not from, like, a big deal Alley. if I don't watch them. Yeah. yeah. Like Nightmare Alley is probably the, and Licorice Pizza are the two big ones, I think. Yeah. And perhaps Serena. Perhaps Serena. Yeah. I, on the other hand, have quite a bit to watch still. Mm-hmm. But this week I watched The Power of the Dog. Oh. And Coda. Oh. Yeah. It's very, very productive. How, how do you feel about the P.O.D. and the Coda? The P.O.D. I loved. <laughs> Uh-huh. I really liked it. I really, really liked it. I thought it was very, I think you called it handsomely mounted, which it was. I called it that? Is that what you said? That sounds like something I That does say. not sound like <laughs> me at all. I do think that that's a really great way of describing it. It is handsomely mounted. I, I felt like it, it's just, it's a very good picture. You didn't love but it. But I wasn't moved by it. I loved it. I really, really okay. loved it. I loved the performances. I loved the cinematography. Mm-hmm. I loved... I loved, I described it to someone today as being like a thought-provoking but easily accessible film. Yes, it is easily accessible. I will say that. Like it did, but it still isn't like, it's well-written. The story is still like, there's a lot of like fodder. There's a lot of thought. It's a character study of people. So there's still a lot to like eat up. There's a lot of like actual meat in it, but you can watch it start to finish and still understand kind of what's going on. So it's very like accessible, but like intelligent at the same time and that's a really hard mix to do i'd say it's definitely jane campion's best movie yes i think that it 
like you're saying it being accessible, it's any kind of audience would like enjoy this. I feel like people who maybe are more prone to like Western films will enjoy yeah. this. People who do like the more like artsier films yep. will still like this as well. Um, and I, I actually am really impressed by Benedict Cumberbatch in it. I, I was I really impressed not, by Benedict Cumberbatch. He's yeah. not getting the the clout that he should be yeah. for this because I think he does a really great job in it. It's a mountain of a performance. Like he is mm-hmm. commands your presence with the film. Yeah. He is that character. He is that character. And I've seen Benedict Cumberbatch on many a talk show, and he is not that character. No, he's so not. Very, he's very British really, charming. Yeah. So this was yeah. really quite good work for him. Um, how did you feel about Kirsten in it? <laughs> I thought she was good. <laughs> I thought definitely one of her more like stronger roles. Yeah. I think she definitely deserves the nomination. I don't yeah. know if she deserves the win. Oh, Ariana DeBose. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> yeah. I think Jane Campion is going to win Best Director. But okay. I still think Belfast will win Best Picture. Best Picture? We'll I see. I don't think this is an Academy Award winner. Not because picture? it's not a good movie, but I think the Academy will shy away from it. Mm, interesting. The Academy The Academy is interesting. Yeah. Belfast <laughs> is just easy. Choices. Yeah. And it's, it's true. A, it does fit. Check all the boxes. Yeah. And it's a yeah. very nice film. I actually really like Belfast too. I liked this more, but I think Belfast would be a nice win. Yeah. It's not like Crash beating out Brokeback. <laughs> Let's not talk about mm. it. <laughs> or maybe we'll talk about it another time. Maybe. But how did you feel about Coda? Because we didn't get to talk about this we at didn't. all. So do you want to give mm-hmm. me your thoughts on Coda before I give my thoughts? Because you watched it before I did. Yes. Yeah, so I thought Coda was like a very nice film. When I was watching it at the start, though, I was just like, this is feels like a little on the cheap side of things like it doesn't yeah i didn't but i think but as i continued watching it i started to relate to it a lot more and like really was moved by this story of this young girl and like what she's going through and i think that it's a story that's not really told very often mm-hmm. and it's from like a teenage girl perspective but not like a teen movie i think there's a lot of intelligence that's done there and it is a very heartwarming film, but if I'm looking at two heartwarming films in this like Belfast, in this race, yeah. I'm going with Belfast yeah. over Coda. Belfast has just a little bit more of uh, sophistication to it. Yeah. Coda just seems like a little, a little cheap is like the wrong word. Yeah. But I, I get but what it, you're saying. A little mm-hmm. amateur, mm-hmm. kind of. And it's kind of like the little engine that could yes. in a way. In, like, it yeah. feels that way. That way. Yeah. It feels almost like Little Miss Sunshine to mm-hmm. me in that it is it is amateur and not to the caliber of, like, some of the other films that are nominated this year. Mm-hmm. But a really lovely story and one that's not told and I think was really interesting. And I, I'm happy that I watched it. I really – that was, like, it was – it tugs at your heartstrings. And if you need something that's, like, if you're worried about watching something that's too serious, watch Coda instead. Yeah, that's exactly what I'd say. I would say it's very obvious as a film. Like, it, there's mm-hmm. no, it doesn't take a single risk as a film. Yeah. But that's okay, because the movie is quite charming. It's very nice. Some good performances. It is very heartwarming. It's all of those things. It's like easy, easy, easy to watch. And it's mm-hmm. the level of movie where you're like, I've watched something well made, but not necessarily one that like, really puts like a brick on me. Yeah. But do you not, like, with some of that casting choices, though, I was just like, is this a Lifetime movie? Like, what's going on? Like, it the- is, some, some of it does yeah. boil down to, like, 
finances though right like who can they can who can they can afford mm-hmm. but i have a story for you based about coda oh in 1996 yes San- five. So yeah sanjali Pansali, who you know yes. directed yes. padmavat which we reviewed in our first season and um, bajira mastani his mm-hmm. first movie was called khamushi it starred mm-hmm. salman khan and manisha Corella. yes and it's about a young woman who is the daughter of deaf mute parents Mm-hmm. And the struggle she faces when she decides to pursue a career in music. Oh, so it's Coda. It's Coda. So I tried <laughs> I to dig into. I saw this movie in theaters. Like I remember. Kamoshi, yeah. Yeah, but I but it was so young. Like I don't remember any of it. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Nineteen ninety six. It's it's a beautiful film, by the way. It's a very very well crafted. It's very also not like Sanjali Lapansali at all because his movies have are huge opulent like really big movies and this is a it's a quiet independent film it takes place in goa some exquisite performances and great music but i looked Mm -hmm. into this because i was just like this is so weird so coda is actually based on a french film Mm -hmm. coda is based on a french film that released in 2014 the -hmm. french film is allegedly based on a german film that also released in 1996 oh but hamushi came out four months before the german film Oh. And they both have the exact same storyline. Interesting. Which I find fascinating. Because how did that happen? Find... Mm. Well. I don't think you're as interested in this as me and Mita. And I need you to be more came... impressed with the story. Hold on, though. It came out at the same year. But we don't know, like, when who wrote both of them. And when did they start writing them? We need to dig in a little bit more. I think yes, you need to do some more investigating. I know. But I do think that, any, like, like, comments. I, I don't know how to comment on that because that is bizarre. That is a weird correlation. But I think it's like, and honestly, I was going to suggest this as one of our seasons. Yeah. Because <laughs> I always have like these ideas of what we should do for this show. I was going to suggest a season where we pick like two movies that are essentially the same plot line in oh, the yeah. same movie. That's kind of interesting. Like, what's that one with like Natalie Portman and Ashton Kutcher? No strings oh, attached. Oh, no strings attached. And, and, and then just we do friends. friends with Benefits. Friends with Benefits, yeah. Yes. And we watch like something along those lines. Yeah. And I think you're interested in that now. So maybe we'll do that later. <laughs> I just find that fascinating because like yeah. I did like Coda. It was really nice. But I remember hearing about it way back in January and being like, this is Hamushi because it's the exact same plot line. And like that whole, the whole scene at the end where she signs the song she's singing that happens in Hamushi when she's... It does? Yeah. The, it, and it's much more moving in that film because the song is, A, it's original. It's a lot more, like, emotional of a scene. And mm-hmm. then, like, she's singing it. She's performing it. She gets a, a, a job as a background singer, like, as a mm-hmm. performing artist. And she starts singing the song and then her parents show up. And then she starts signing it, like, in in the middle of it. And I remember, like, the theater was very, like... It's very moving. It doesn't feel cheesy, whereas this feels a little, like... Mah, mah. Well, it's a different tone, right? She's going to school, like she's just trying to go to university. But um, no, that is, no, it is interesting. I am interested in it. I just want to do some more investigating. Okay. I, like, and in my mind, that's what I'm thinking about right now. Like, how do we look into this? Like, yeah. when did the writers start writing these stories? Maybe they knew each other. Maybe what if they're all, everybody is William Shakespeare though, right? Everybody yeah. copies people. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shakespeare in love. <laughs> But Mita can do her investigation on her own time because we yeah. are here to talk about something else. I didn't even do my small talk. <laughs> oh, did you have something? <laughs> um, I was just going to talk about the TV that I've been watching, but if we don't have Save it for to. next time. 
Okay, fine. Because we're already at like 12 minutes, so. Okay. Totally skip over me, but you're keeping this in so people know. (laughs) Are you bullying me? Excuse me. I think in Baby Jane, you did more of the talking. We do have something to talk about. Oh, wait. What? (laughs) Sorry. You had homework. Oh, my God. Okay, we actually have to talk about this. Oh, now it's important. Now it's important. (laughs) I did have homework. Talk to us about your homework. Soup's quick. Yes. Um, so my homework, we, we reviewed what, whatever happened to baby Jane last week. Yeah. Um, and my homework was to watch the Ryan Murphy program, um, feud, Betty and Joan, mm-hmm. which I did. I watched all of it from the start to the end. And I was right in thinking that this was a total Ryan Murphy production. <laughs> <laughs> Very cheesy, a little over the top, but kind of like great in the set at the same time. Like it's a gay man's fantasy, basically. But I was correct in thinking that the first few episodes are about the actual production of whatever happened to Baby Jane um, and kind of went, went on behind the scenes. And it was actually Joan Crawford who like found the script and wanted to make a picture out of it and wanted specifically Betty Davis to be in this movie with oh, her. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. It is interesting, especially because everybody knew that they didn't like it. Like, they didn't like each other beforehand, but she was just like, no, I want to work with Betty. And it took a little bit of a convincing, but they were able to get Betty Davis on board. And so the first few episodes are about that. Then it kind of follows, like, the actual release of the film and its popularity and, like, what promoting the film was like for these two women. And all the while still looking at these two women's lives and, like, kind of their similarities in a lot of way, but mm-hmm. what made them the people that they are. And it's then it Susan goes Sarandon and Jessica Lang, right? Yes. Okay. And both are really good mm-hmm. in it and like very believable. And then it goes into and like I feel like it could have ended <laughs> there. But then it looks at um the two of them tried to make another movie after. Oh. And it's called Hush Hush Cousin Charlotte. Have you heard of it? The name is like so vaguely familiar. Yes. So it does wind up starring Betty Davis. It's the same director as Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Um, There's some supporting characters from Baby Jane that are in it as well. And it was initially supposed to also star Joan Crawford, but instead Olivia de Highland took over the role. Uh Why? Because Joan Crawford felt like Betty Davis and the director were ganging up against her. Joan Crawford feels sounds annoying. She is. She is. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to defend her. She is, but it follows how they were supposed to be in that movie, and then it didn't wind up happening, and then it kind of just shows... The the series shines more on Joan Crawford, I feel, mm-hmm. than it does on Betty Davis, um, but then it shows, like, their lives afterwards, and it leads up to, like, Joan Crawford's passing, and... Okay. I think it could have ended at the end of like the Baby Jane hike because mm-hmm. it was very interesting, and then it kind of just like teeters off from Much the like end of it. But I did watch all of it. Made. Huh? Much like everything else Ryan Murphy has ever made. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I did watch all of it. I watched it in like one day, which is great. Yeah. And then today I picked up a book from the library. Mm. Did I you pick up Mommy up, Dearest? I Mommy Dearest is on its way. Okay. I picked up. My Mother's Keeper, which oh, was written yeah. by B.D. Hyman, who is Betty Davis's daughter. So oh. I'm excited about that. That's exciting. That was my homework. Okay. I also watched Yellow Jackets. <laughs> <laughs> which we will talk about next time. We'll talk about it next week, you guys. <laughs> Maybe Nadim will watch it by then. No, because I have to finish <laughs> Succession first. 
Okay, yeah, finish Succession. Yeah. Then we can possibly talk about Succession. But enough about all of these things. I think we can actually talk about the thing now. Yes, okay, let's good. talk about it. Perfect. Because this week we okay. watched a Meet the Movie. We did. Uh, we watched Funny Face, Hilarious not to face. be mistaken by Funny Girl. <laughs> I actually because not only Funny did Girl. you do that, Nadine, my father did that yeah. as well. So you really are living dad jokes these days. Oh, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Should I give us a quick discro and then you can talk to us about your choices? Please and thank you. Excellent. So IMDb describes Funny Face as an impromptu fashion shoot at a bookstore brings about a new fashion model, discovery, and a shop clerk. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sure. Sure. Why not? That's kind um, of it. But that's kind of it. it it's, a, it's a movie musical. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a musical of the 50s. This yep. came out in 1957. So not... Not too heavy on the plot, but definitely on <laughs> the the music and the dancing. The dance. be- because this film stars the one and the only Fred Astaire. Yeah. And yes. Catherine Hepburn's and daughter. Audrey Hepburn. Audrey Hepburn. <laughs> Stop it. They're not related. <laughs> I'm really worried someone's going to listen to like one of the random episodes that you make this statement. And they're going to walk away thinking that Catherine Hepburn and Audrey Hepburn are related. Well, this is just a lesson to them that they need to just fact check everything they hear. Catherine Hepburn and Audrey Hepburn are not related. Mother, daughter. Oh, my God. Talk to Stop. me. Why did we <laughs> yes. watch Funny Face? Okay. So as I've mentioned on this podcast before, because mm-hmm. we've done a couple of Audrey movies. We've done Roman Holiday and Don't Wait. Or wait until don't Dark. We, wait until don't dark. wait until dark. Don't wait until dark. Wait until dark. Um, <laughs> and that I went through a phase when I was a young gal of just like loving Audrey and watching all of these movies. Mm-hmm. And this movie specifically, if you're a fan of Gilmore Girls, <laughs> you will know that there is an episode in which uh, Lorelai goes on a date with Christopher, not Luke, guys. It's Christopher who did this, so it's, like, kind of a big deal. And he sets up, like, a drive-in theater kind of experience for her, and together they sit in their car and they watch Funny Face. And I was like, oh, I should watch Funny (laughs) Face now. And so I think I might have been, like, 15 or 16 at that time and somehow was able to find it. I don't even know. I can't even think how did I – I must have, like – well, how did I? Anyways, I, I found it. <laughs> I'm trying to think because like Netflix wasn't a thing then, no. guys. Maybe you rented there was it. like Apple. I probably rented it. Yeah. Apple TV wasn't a thing either. Yeah. But you rented like a DVD. That that's quite possible. Yeah. That's what could have happened. And so I watched Funny Face, and was just so enamored by the musical itself. And I have expressed how much I do love a musical. I think it's like a very it's the Indian in me of like uh, wanting that that sing song yeah. and everything. Um, and especially at the time of like the 1950s, it just feels like they don't make movies like this anymore. But the reason why I chose it for you, I was trying to think like, okay, I want some musicals in here because I love them so uh-huh. much. I picked this one specifically because a lot of it reminds me of La La Land, which oh. I, if you listen to our podcast. I'm not sure La La if you're Land. if you're aware or not, but Nadim um, just lied to you. He has seen <laughs> La La Land, and he really likes La La Land. I really like La La Land, guys. Like, do you love? La I La think Land? I love La La Land. I, I have a real soft yes. spot for La La Land. La La Land speaks to me. Not to make this about La La Land, but if you're gonna bring <laughs> it up, I'm gonna have to talk about it. But La La Land just speaks to me on like many levels. I have a real emotional mm-hmm. reaction to La La Land. And I think there's a lot of, like, reference points in this that are in La La Land. Yes, that's fair. Yes. 
And so I was just like, I think it would be nice for Nadim to watch it. There's another point that I want to bring up, but I kind of want to hear your how you feel about this movie first. So I'll let you go now. Okay. Funny face. Hmm. So here's how I feel about funny face. Okay. I I I have two very divisive thoughts. Yeah. And this might I had a feeling this would happen. You might even know what my thoughts are going to be. I think I do. Because yeah. here's the thing about Funny Face. Mm-hmm. It is a handsome, handsomely mounted film. <laughs> it's actually very well shot. And there's a lot mm-hmm. of incredible cinematography. It's very beautiful to watch. There's some great set design. That first shot of like the, the complete symmetry and like the doors. It's like really arresting. It's a lot of good things. The The musical numbers are really catchy. They're really fun to watch. The choreography is really fun. It is like a very arresting film. Mm-hmm. It's an arresting film with absolutely zero plot. Yes. that Okay. I was right. <laughs> I guess right. You guys, I know Nadine. <laughs> <laughs> this movie has no storyline. And I was no. shocked at how little <laughs> plot line there was. There is no conflict until the like very end. And it has some like sitcom level and not even like good Seinfeld level. We're talking like. It's so surface level. It's so like, surface level. It's not, you can't even like see a, it. It's like a B plot <laughs> of some like secondary show that, you know, like man of the house or whatever. Like that's what it was. That's the conflict that like arises and that's it. And I couldn't help but <laughs> not, not to belabor the Carrie Bradshaw of it all, but I couldn't help but wonder. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they should have called it. I yeah. Mean... Well, she does say in just like that too, but that is not what yeah. we're here to talk about. But like, honestly... I, it just felt like this was an excuse to have big dances and Givenchy clothes. And that so, was it. That's what the entire film felt like. Yeah. The other thing I was thinking the whole time watching this, because I didn't... Okay, to go back to my other thought that I was yeah. going to have, I'm going to start with that. The other thought that I had when I w- wanted to watch this is that this movie has some of the most like iconic visuals yeah. that we know but nobody knows where it comes from. Yeah. This movie there's literally a Gap commercial where they've taken like Audrey Hepburn dancing in this yeah. film and made a Gap commercial about it. But I bet you nobody can tell you what movie it's from. Yeah. Like very few people can do that. And so it's always been really interesting to me that there is this film out there that people like if I said funny face they wouldn't know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. they might think I'm talking about funny girl and yeah. I messed it up yeah but there's so much in this that we've taken from over the years and like done twists on mm-hmm. and spun it in different ways and so visually iconic but it still doesn't have that notoriety and I wanted to kind of talk a little bit mm-hmm. about like why that's there but when you just said this now of like this just being like her and Givenchy outfits and like excuse to go from dance number to Givenchy outfits that's it the whole time I was watching it this time I was thinking of like oh my god this is like Spencer (laughs) 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 when I watched Spencer I think I told you like this whole movie could have been a Vogue cover shoot shoot with Kristen Stewart and I felt the same way with this I was like this could have been a whole Vogue cover shoot sponsored by Givenchy Exactly. And as I was thinking that, though, I was like, if this had been like a magazine shoot, I actually think that it would have that lasting impression on an audience yeah. more than it being a movie. For some reason, it's fade away 
from its original form. People don't know this movie and don't know, like they know the phrase think pink, but do they actually know where it comes uh-huh. from? And like they've seen Audrey Hepburn in her black turtleneck and black jeans, yeah. but like do they know where that comes from? Yeah. And like I don't think people do. And it breaks my heart a little bit because I visually I adore this movie. I don't I can't think of things that are like this and that are so original like this at that time. Interesting. I haven't mm-hmm. seen as many musicals from that time, but I do think that like they probably veer a little bit more towards and these are different time frames, so I get that, but a little bit more towards Meet Me in St. Louis than they do to this. So I I kind of get where you're going with that. Mm-hmm. But what you're saying about how like this is a what like the spawn of what has like resulted from the movie is more famous than the movie itself. Yeah. I think that has to do with the fact that there's no plot here. <laughs> the movie I though. really think like I I I cannot drive that point home enough. Like there is mm-hmm. nothing happening in this movie. It is just song number. It is scenes stitched together between elaborate dance numbers. And these dance numbers are good though. Yeah, like they're absolutely yeah. like arresting and I think like Overall, while I was watching it, my thought process was like, why is this just like, it's a music video, essentially, and it's an excuse for pretty people to do pretty things in pretty clothes with like some choreography. So why is this, why is this a thing? And I couldn't help Like, why was this made? Why was this made? Because, but I will say at the end of it, I was charmed by it, like enough that I can be from a movie about nothing. But the Mm. other thing I think that I think was almost distracting was this is such a feminine movie. Mm. It has such a strong feminine energy about it and not the way that a lot of like romantic comedies necessarily do. Some of them obviously do, but this is a movie that it's just very, very like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's feminine, but not in an offensive way. But it is kind of an offensive way, right? You You found it offensive? I didn't find it offensive, so to speak. Like I'm not like, offended by it but it was just yeah. like it was so feminine the same way not... that like a like a transformers is so masculine and that mm-hmm. it reeks of that like a man but that's made this. toxic masculinity i don't think transformers is actually toxic necessarily there's a little bit of that but this is a little bit like isn't this toxic femininity about like this is what women are good for first of all first of all who the f thinks that Audrey Hepburn has a freaking funny face. Funny face. <laughs> I saw, I was like, excuse me? And he's like looking, she's like looking at her and she's like, you have a funny face? And I'm like, she's the definition of classic beauty. Audrey Hepburn is stunning. I think, I, I think she was so unique at that time though. Like think of other actresses who looked like that. <laughs> but I, no, I totally agree with you. Her face isn't funny at all. And I don't think people at her at that time thought her face was funny. I don't know. I'm trying to think, like, who would they hire that could be a funny face, though? At the time. Who has, like, a uniquely featured, at the time, like, who has a uniquely you featured face? You know who face? does, like, Barbara Streisand, for instance. Yeah, that's true. Barbara Streisand is not, like, classically beautiful. But this, the songs in Audrey this, like, Hepburn, in terms of yeah, it's, what what they're doing with their vocals is not strong enough for Barbara Streisand to be in this musical. That's the other thing. Audrey Hepburn can't sing. <laughs> no, she does, can't. <laughs> And they made sure that by the time My Fair Lady came along, somebody else was singing for her. But I think what happened here, and I was reading up a little bit about it, is this was originally a musical with Fred Astaire and his sister Adele Astaire. 
And they decided to make a movie out of it, but they had to rewrite the script because they weren't going to have his sister in it. Yeah, and be his and lover. so they kind of were trying to figure out something else yeah. and make it a love interest instead. And I think they really just went in with it. And they actually hired Richard Avedon, who was like one of the most prolific photographers mm-hmm. at that time, to be sort of like um, a consultant in terms of the visuals. They just really wanted to do a lot of fun song and dance numbers. And I'm not, and I totally agree with you. Like, there's no plot here whatsoever. There's, like, no story mm-hmm. to, like, fall in love with. Audrey Hepburn and Fred Astaire are, like, 30 years apart, and it's kind of gross yeah. when you think about it. Yeah, like, it doesn't make I'm sense. I'm 30 visually. years apart from my daughter. <laughs> but I still, I so enjoy watching those song and dance numbers. Like the second I turned this on and Think Pink came on, I was like, oh my gosh, I like, I forgot how good this is. Mm. And like each number after, like even um, How to Be Lovely, like I've been singing that in my head for the last like three days. There's something really lasting about it besides the fact that there's like a terrible point. I'm not mad that there's no plot. Like, I'm not mad about it. I know that's not there, but I like, whatevs. <laughs> like, I get these really pretty clothes, which, what does that say about me? But that's kind yeah. of where I was going with this before <laughs> Audrey Hepburn's face distracted me. That is this yeah. what this movie is saying, that women want pink and they want pretty clothes and they want a man. And there's like, it's so, it's almost like in your face how shallow this film is. Mm-hmm. And. I don't know. I didn't. I, I will didn't say this, though. To, to your point, I think. When we watch movies for the purpose of this podcast, you're watching them with a critical eye, right? You're not watching mm-hmm. them to indulge in them and enjoy them. You are watching them with a little bit more pickiness. What's the purpose? Yeah, what's the yeah. purpose of this? So I'm not like taken away by it because as I'm watching it, I'm like, like I'm, I'm, I'm dissecting it a little bit as I watch it. But I can see the appeal of this on a cinema like goers, like, a, like on a cinema goers level because mm-hmm. it is. It's pretty to look at. I'm going to name a couple of things. It's pretty to look at. The songs are fun. The dances are great. And it does have a romance that is believable. But Mita, do you know what else has good clothes and good songs and a romance that's believable by like a spankable star cast or Bollywood films? La La Land. Well, La La Land. (laughs) But Bollywood movies. Bollywood films, yeah. And I think the thing that really irritated me about this film was Mm -hmm. that... I think Bollywood movies for so long have gotten such a bad rap for being movie musicals where like songs just appear out of nowhere and they like interrupt the plot. But meanwhile, you have a classic film like this and it happened in Meet Me in St. Louis as well. These are like Mm -hmm. classic movies that are regarded as, you know, a part of the film history of American cinema that are so shallow. There's no narrative, there's no story, but you are going to look down on an entire culture's movie landscape where is this bad rep coming from like i'm not aware of it i like i've always made the judgments that like them falling in love really quickly is silly but i still enjoy those movies like i love the scenes when they're dancing in the mountains and they're <laughs> she's wearing a sari and she's twirling around in the snow where it's freezing cold like i love that i i just don't know where the negativity is i don't know I where, I, it's not like one person is standing there with like a like a soapbox and like <laughs> claiming it for sign. everybody. <laughs> That's not it. But it's He's in the background exactly. of the scene. It's kind of like when you read reviews or when you read like articles about like the West talking about like Bollywood and talking about how like, you know, the silly musical numbers and things like that. I remember once when Deepa Mehta's Water premiered at the Toronto Film Festival 
Mm-hmm. They were doing interviews for it, and John Abraham, who's in it, was asked by a reporter, "How does it feel to not be in a silly Bollywood mo- m- like movie?" And he responded, "Bollywood movies aren't silly," and that was it. Like he didn't like dignify it with an answer. Essentially, he was like, "Good, this good isn't, for him." This isn't a real like thing, but that is a very common, I think, thought process. And can I just say that, like, in the confines of when, like, Hindi films have music, there there is a purpose to what that music serves. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I didn't understand how these movies, and again, I can, like, group Meet Me in St. Louis into this because it's kind of the same idea. These movies Mm -hmm. were so thin on plot and on substance and have nothing going on except their musical pieces stitched with scenes together. Why are they regarded as classics? But when you have another language or another culture doing the same thing with music, but have an actual plot line and a storyline stitching them together, why is that mm-hmm. looked down on? I mean, that's not a question for me to answer. No. I don't look down on them. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It's not for you to like, answer. Like, I don't... Yeah. But I think... But the... that's a... No, it's a really... It's a good question. Yeah. And I think we know the answer. Yeah. And that hurts. It hurts. I think it actually... <laughs> yeah, and I think that was the thing that was like coming up for me i was actually kind of like upset watching this because it it's a racist thing it, it is a race mm-hmm. it is absolutely race because there was a time in my life where i was just like oh well this is what india does this is what the hindi film industry is but you have movies who've been doing this for years and not even that well but these are regarded as classics for some reason why mm-hmm. so this definitely was a divisive watch for me and not at all how i expected to feel about it Oh, like what were your expectations going in? I thought it would just be like an easy, I thought it would be like easy listening on a Sunday night. Like I really just expected Uh like an Audrey Hepburn, like a romantic comedy with some like music Uh and all of that. And I expected a story. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I expected a story. Not this week. (laughs) And I expected it to have, I didn't expect it to bring up so many other feelings. Yeah. No, that's true. Even when I was watching, again, I... Going into it, I was just like, oh, Nadim will like these musical numbers. Like, I think that's really going to be interesting. And, like, even in terms of, like, colors used and dance um, and the movement, like, that's so representative of La La Land. Like, I'm sure he'll enjoy that. But then when I was watching it this time, like, I hadn't watched it. Did I watch it again after I was, like, a teenager? I think I've only seen it two other times Mm. before. But it did have a lasting impression because there's these iconic visuals from it. But watching it this time, like, it really was prevalent to me that there is no plot <laughs> in, this, in this movie at all. And, like, you're right. You, you The meat of it is, like, at the maybe the last, like, 30 minutes of the movie, you start to understand, like, oh, they, like, fell in love with each other and she might go and, like, date this philosopher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's, like, a little bit of a love triangle there. But even that falls very flat. Very flat. Um, and so I was just like, oh, I know what Nadim is going to say about <laughs> this movie. Yeah. Sometimes we know what so. we are going to say. It's easy to predict. Sometimes it's not. Yeah. And I think I was just taken aback by that. I was taken aback by the lack of plot and the racism that resulted from this movie. And the racism. Well, okay. I, the movie is not racist. The movie's not racist. Just, in yeah. all fairness. <laughs> Let's not say that to people. It's just the industry is racist. Which we're well aware of. I don't even so know if it's who do we hold accountable though? Because it's not like it's not even like Hollywood went out. And, you know, it's not Hollywood's perception of the film. It's the world's mm-hmm. perception of the film. It's the, like the American public's perception of the film. So 
North of all North all Americans North are Americans. racist, is what you're saying. <laughs> every one of them. One of yeah, us. Everyone. <laughs> all of us. Mm. Um, the other thing that really kind of took me out of this was the very end of the film is supposed to take place at night. Like they're yes. at this fashion show. <laughs> it's supposed to catch a flight at 10 o'clock. Suddenly they meet behind this church and it's like two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> like, wh- I, don't worry about it. That's what I would say. <laughs> but like, why? It's a classic Bollywood musical <laughs> plot hole in which you just go with the flow. It's like, why are they in the Swiss Alps all of a sudden? They were just in Johnny Chalk. How did know, they get there? That's a, that's a plot. It's a cla- that is a storytelling device that is commonplace <laughs> to the genre of film. So maybe they felt they're, they're just so in love with each other. They felt it was daytime and it turned into daytime. I don't know. I just think it's a really wonderful number, too. <laughs> like the dancing in this it's so it's so it's so good but wouldn't you have liked a story to go with that dancing no i'm actually quite content with like just just the visuals of this and like this is if you're gonna have a movie be a magazine spread i would prefer this over what spencer was because spencer i don't want to spoil anything, but I feel like the plot in Spencer t- tries really hard to do something, and that didn't feel very genuine to me, and I didn't love that. Like, I didn't love the feeling of it, where this, I think it knows, it knows that there's nothing here but our song and dance, and we're going to do the best song and dance that we possibly can, and we're going to, like, have these great visuals that you've never seen before, and, like, to me, there's so many different reference points, like Madonna's Material Girl I can find in this, La La Land, although those Gap commercials, fashion today is representative of like what's in Funny Face and like what they've done there. But is there. that Funny Face or is that Shivanshi? But movies back then were so, it was very important to have, like Edith Head was smart and she had really great relationships with the de- designers and knew to make sure that it was prevalent, especially in something like a musical. Or Audrey Hepburn herself like wore a lot of Givenchy in these movies because that was like a big thing. You don't see that anymore now. Like if if I was Ridley Scott, like I would have really partnered with Gucci yeah. and made House of oh, Gucci no. something that was like so prevalent, like these types of movies back then. But he didn't do that. But that's also because the <laughs> so, Gucci family was against the movie. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So they but I would have partnered with maybe what, what you know would have been really interesting partnering with Tom Ford and having Tom Ford really like have a visual design aspect on that film. That would have been really yes, interesting. That's a great idea in theory, but I don't <laughs> think the production houses do the, that. Like, that's a, I think there's a camaraderie amongst the like luxury brand names, for instance. This is like a, such an mm-hmm. aside, but I just don't think they would do that because that would be Tom Ford saying F you to Gucci. And I don't yeah, think they would do, do that. that. Yeah. No, but like, but I get what you're saying. With I do somebody, get what you're right? saying. Yeah. Like, why not make that a focus on this? And this movie, I feel like it owns up to it. It knows that there's no plot here. And so it really does, like, it puts all of its energy into the song and the dance and the look of it. There's also a lot of Devil Wears Prada in this. Yes, exactly. There's so many, there's a lot of different references in here. And it's so enjoyable to watch. And so if you want, I would say this is for people who like, who like pop culture and who maybe they don't need like a whole story to run through. (laughs) I know as I'm saying it, how bad it sounds, but I think fluff is allowed. I think it's, it should be there. And like, I'm not saying every movie should be this, 
But for this movie, it works because 100% of the dedication into the other aspects is completed. It's just, it fails miserably on the plot. But shouldn't fluff have substance too? What's fluff with substance? Give me an example. Like the Devil Wears Prada. Yeah, that's a good example, yeah. actually. And I think yeah. like, you know, that works because it's how many years later? I am forgiving because of the time that this came out, which is weird for me to say because then I also think about like All About Eve was in 1950, right? Like that is, it could be a really bad like woman's rom-com, but it's not. It has a lot of substance mm. in there. And so like maybe that's wrong of me, but I I don't care. I'm gonna, I don't care. So let me ask you a question. As <laughs> yeah. a feminist. Mm, am I a feminist though? <laughs> Aren't you? I don't. Like I'm a feminist, so wouldn't you be a feminist? I don't like the word the feminist. connotation of it. Yeah, yeah. it feels like there's a lot of like negative connotation. Yeah, yeah, I just want, I just want people to be happy. But as a feminist, <laughs> yes, <laughs> there's things in this movie and that are like really bad. Yeah, that are <laughs> yeah. very anti-feminist. Mm-hmm. That are things about like consent. You know, he kisses her, for instance, without her consent. Yeah. Well, I think. It's also 1957, like, and we've talked about this before. We can't apologize for every movie that was made in the past for what they've done then that would not be acceptable today. Why aren't people up in arms about the fact that, you know, Fred Astaire kissed 30 young, 30 years younger than him? And people, I was reading some YouTube comments and I was like, guys, like, come on. What? What are the YouTube comments? (laughs) Just like, Fred Astaire was 30 years older than Audrey Hepburn. That's pedophilia. Oh, God, get out. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and oh, like, uh, it still happens today, though. Like, oh, yeah. who are you to be writing these comments on YouTube? But I think like, at that time, not that it's like, I don't like that we have to forgive people for this. Like, it's just, that's what it was. Things were just like, different. Yeah. Yeah. I totally and, agree. Like, and I think for me, the... the the th- thing I walk away with the most is like the songs, the music, the dance, that all outweighs sort of the bad for me. Like, I think oh. there is a lot of good here, aside from the plot. <laughs> and those weigh heavier on my heart of like this actually being enjoyable to watch. And I, I sorry, like it's 1957. We can't go back to all these no. movies and ask them to correct their mistakes. If you're making funny face today, like if you want to do something similar, then yeah, maybe you will have a better plot and you'll have her sort of standing up for herself. Maybe they won't do a, you know, a song and dance at the end, like they're together and she's just like, no, I need to be a single lady. But I also kind of don't want to see that at the same time. Maybe she won't look <laughs> so, like Audrey Hepburn and be called a quote unquote funny face. Well, as I, so as I was watching it, I kept thinking of like, how recently it's come out that Fred Astaire will be played by Tom Holland in oh. a movie. And can he Audrey dance? Hepburn is yes, Tom Holland okay. can dance. Okay. Tom Holland played Billy Elliot oh, in like right. the yeah, in, yeah. on stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tom Holland can dance, and then um Rui Mara is playing Audrey oh, Hepburn yeah, in an upcoming film as well. And so the whole time I was watching it and I was thinking like I was trying to picture Tom Holland and Rudy Mara, like, in those roles. And I think it would be interesting to see that. Like, I wonder if the movie they're talking about is the same movie and, like, everybody's just lying to us. But I don't think that they actually are. What if they are, though? I don't know. We'll find out, I guess. I don't know what my point was there. But, (laughs) um... (laughs) I don't know. I 
think like this is definitely fluff without substance. And I think it's okay to have that every once in a while. I think so too. Yeah. I think absolutely. I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not knocking you for liking it. Mm-hmm. I think when I watched it at this joint, at this point in my life, and I think this purpose, I think if I had like stumbled across this myself, or you had told me outside of this, and I was just watching it, I think I would have liked it a little bit more, if I'm being honest. Mm -hmm. I think as a film critique, it's hard to watch it and just be like, oh my god, it was great because it was fluff. Because now I'm just like, where's the plot, man? Like, where is the story here? Exactly. That's a little bit of my, my stance. There you go. Do you have sequel prequel ideas? I do. I'm just looking up a character name because okay. um, I forgot it. Um, so Kay Thompson is the actress and she plays Maggie Prescott, who's like this magazine um, editor. She's the Miranda Priestly uh, of Quality Magazine. She's the Miranda Priestly of Funny Face, exactly. And I love her in this movie. She's a scene stealer yeah. to me. Like she takes away the attention from Fred Astaire and Audrey Hepburn, yeah. which is a very hard thing to do. And so she's really great. She also, Kay Thompson, if you didn't know, um, is the author of the Eloise books. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Which is like a really exciting thing. But I would love to see this Maggie Prescott character and like what she does as a magazine editor. I think it would be really fascinating. And I think in the 60s, they should have adapted that into a sitcom. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah. I don't think kind of like a Mary Tyler Moore before Mary Tyler Moore kind of thing. They weren't that creative back then, though. No, and I wish I could go back and tell them, hey guys, <laughs> listen up. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah. it's clear you like this, Mita, but do you want to give us a rating now to just confirm that? Sure. I feel like the last few minutes of me just like been telling you why <laughs> I like it. So let me repeat myself. It's fluff without substance, yeah. and that's perfectly fine. It is. It's just it's so it's very entertaining for me. Like I it's winter. It's COVID. It's fucking cold outside guys <laughs> in ottawa it's like it minus, minus 40 today. 37 yeah. plus yeah <laughs> like, it was like obscene today so you can't do anything we're in a lockdown i can't go to the movie theater yeah. i don't want to watch sad movies right now i'm not in that mindset and so when i got to put this on and the second that like opening number of think pink came i was just like oh this is home like i belong here this is what i need right now so if you're looking for joy and you're looking for some happiness and, and that spark then i highly recommend this we went over the fact that there's like no plot whatsoever. I am in the feeling that like it's okay. <laughs> That's fine. We can have these fun songs and dances. You can learn a lot about pop culture history from watching this film and find all these different references and kind of walk away with a feeling of like you learn something too. And as much as there's no plot about this, there are some like really fun and interesting characters. Like I think Joe is kind of interesting in that she starts off as like I'm using air quotes to say mousy mm -hmm. because it's Audrey Hepburn, but she starts off as this mousy like book associate mm -hmm. or a, an associate at a bookstore and like turns into this fashion model and has a lot of confidence mm -hmm. by the end of her trip to Paris. And like even the character Maggie Prescott of just being this like magazine editor, mm -hmm. it's the starting of Miranda Priestly. Yeah. Maybe Anna Wintour saw this as a, as a young woman and thought, oh, this is who I need yeah. to be. And so there are interesting things here. Even the character Fred Astaire plays Dick Avery is based on the photographer Richard Avedon and like kind of how he approached photography. And there's some, there's a, we didn't talk about it, but there's an interesting part in the movie where they do a bunch of different 
photographs with Audrey Hepburn and like what does the setup look like how do you get a model to sort of like believe what they're selling in the photo um and then him like actually taking the photo and then them going through like what the actual editing of the photo would have been for the magazine like I think there's some really interesting things here that weren't shown in film at that time and so it's nice to see something from 1957 and see it kind of come alive into what today's standards would be too and so I do really think that there there could be a better plot for sure. I think that there could be. So I'm going to leave it with three and a half because I feel comfortable with a seven. Okay. I feel really good with a seven out of ten. So three and a half is where I'm going to leave it because I do really love the look and the feel of this movie. It really, I just was so happy after I watched it and I haven't felt like this happy in a long time after watching a movie. And I think that counts for something. I don't think we always need plot. So three and a half. I know it's so silly. <laughs> it's so silly because half the time I'm saying, like, there's no story here. Like, what's yeah. happening? But this this excels in every other, like, department. what's the word I'm looking Department, yeah. It excels in everything else. So I'm okay with forgiving it for having no plot. So three and a half for me. Okay. And I just want you all to think pink. Okay. Yeah. I, Leave me alone, okay. Nadine. <laughs> <laughs> I, on the other hand, do think plot is necessary for a film. Some okay, some fine. plot is necessary. Otherwise, you are just seen stitched together. Mm-hmm. This is this movie is definitely it's an excuse to have well mounted musical set pieces, and they're just strung together from minusculely like. Someone wrote a first draft and was just like, here's the dialogue and handed them it on set. And that was it. Like, there's mm-hmm. really nothing here. And you can almost feel that because the musical numbers have so much thought and so much production value and so much time and energy is devoted to them. And you can just you can tell by watching them. They're shot a certain with a certain amount of sophistication. There's a certain amount of control in the performances, in the dances. There's definitely time was spent on those. And as a result, mm-hmm. you feel the complete lack of time spent on the scenes. The dialogue is flat. The scenes are just kind of like, they're really there to get you from, you know, dance A to dance B. So you really feel that. That said, I do agree with me that this didn't leave a bad taste in my mouth, aside from the, like, subtle racism I felt from the, 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 the like, Bollywood comparison, because that didn't feel nice. But Mm -hmm. the movie itself was actually like, it was fine to watch. It was easy to watch. It wasn't difficult. It is fun. And I think if I had, I do think if I had known this is a movie without plot, but you'll still like it, I think I would have appreciated it a completely different way. So I think Mm -hmm. knowing that this is a movie that is super fun to watch, but don't expect a storyline. It's just great musical numbers. That will change your perception of what you're watching completely. So I will say that I think if you are going to watch this, keep that in the back of your mind, because I think you'll just accept it for what it is, rather than thinking it should be something else. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, I did not hate this. We've seen a lot of other stuff that I have not liked. I think where I sit watching it, I'm going to give it two and a half stars. Okay. I'll let you do that. Thank you. (laughs) I do think, and I know why you didn't tell me that. Like, you might not not have remembered, but I do think if you had been like, by the way, this movie has no plot, but you're still going to watch it. I think I just would have, I think I would have enjoyed it more. Because I was so distracted by the lack of Uh, no plot. Well, I didn't say anything because I like 
going into things. Yeah, online, so. I, exactly. And so do I, generally speaking. Yeah. Did you remember that there was no plot? Yeah, like I knew. I The thing I remember the most about this movie is Think Pink and then it's Wonderful, it's Marvelous. And like, I remember when I watched it when I was young, I wasn't moved by the love story. Yeah. I was really just fascinated with like the clothes, the and, the clothes yeah. and the dances. Yeah. And so, but I didn't also, I didn't want to like, tell you any of that yeah that's fair that's because that's exactly (laughs) what we're doing here maybe you should watch it again maybe (laughs) yeah maybe maybe you you should watch it with your daughter yeah she'll i think she would like like it yeah i think it's she just like audrey hepburn has a funny face she's beautiful yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) okay i just wanted to put that out there thank thank you yeah i appreciate that (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) guess the audience didn't get where i was going with it yeah she might like it. She might. She I'm might. Like, oh, because wow, it's actually Baba, like, look at the colors. Well, exactly, right? Like, it's definitely <laughs> yeah. her type of movie. There's not mm-hmm. much going on. It's just a bunch of fun dances. So she might enjoy mm-hmm. it. Maybe in the future. There you go. Yeah. But yes, that was Funny Face for this week. It was. We are in the 90s right now. 90 episodes. Crazy, wow. right? It's kind of insane. Oh, my I God. That's a lot of movies, Nadim. And we're yeah. about to watch one more because, Mita, it's time to play. Different characters, same world. But about okay, meet that. Wee wee. Bollywood time. Oh. <laughs> okay, my favorite time. <laughs> I feel like you all. Whenever I say it, you're kind of like nervous about what I'm going to pick. Your Bollywood and my Bollywood are different. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we're still watching my Bollywood. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to give you three actors. Okay. Characters. Okay. I think you've seen... Oh, ooh. Anyways, this is what it is. I can't really do anything about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I can't really do anything about it now. Okay. I'm giving you Sheikh. That's, I know. Spelling, <laughs> please. S-H-A-I-K-H. Use that in the sentence. A-I-K-H. Okay. Biku Matre. Okay. And I'm giving you Rasila. Did you say Biku or Piku? Biku. Oh, okay. And for those of our Bollywood listeners who are listening, people who watch Hindi films, they've figured out what movie we're watching just by me saying that. But I'm going to give you one minute on the clock starting now. I like have no idea at all. <laughs> say the character names yeah. again. Shake. 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 Biku Madre. Madre. And Rasila. Uh, I think it's, you told me once that there's like a Bollywood movie that's like five hours long or like a hundred hours long or something. And I think it's that movie. I just don't know what it is. And I'm just going to wait. You're just going to wait out the clock. We got 30 seconds on yeah. the clock here. No guesses at all. Uh, does it have Ranveer Singh in it? <laughs> no, this one does not have Ranveer Singh in it. 15 seconds. Why not? I know. Uh, is it a Sanjay Leela Bansali nope, film? Nope, it's not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I've already lost your interest. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Does it have Deepika Padukone in it? And that's a minute. Okay. Okay. I hoped you said Piku because then I was like, oh, I know I know Piku. exactly. Yeah. That's what I thought, but I did not. Yeah. Okay. So Sheikh is Nawazuddin Siddiqui from The Lunchbox. Okay. Which I know you've seen. Yes. Piku Matre is... Manoj Bajpai from Satya, which you haven't which seen, not but seen. you should. And okay. Rasila is Richa Chadda from Ram Leela. Okay. Which you, ha- which I haven't, you haven't seen. seen? Okay. 
Just like officially titled like Golionki, Golionki Raslila Ramlila, but it's Ramlila. And we are watching the crime saga called Gangs of Wasipur. That is the movie that's like a <laughs> yes. hundred hours long. Okay. So we're watching Gangs oh, of Wasipur. <laughs> yeah. A couple of things that you need to know about Gangs of Wasipur. Uh-huh. Gangs of Wasipur <laughs> is five and a half hours long. <laughs> okay um so you don't think nadim is like a psychopath i am off work this yes. week i'm so, off, i'm on a staycation so he was on a staycation that's why he's doing it i picked it, it this yeah. week specifically i had to like ask me the the timing and all of that because and i was i made sure we recorded one week apart so that we both have ample time to watch this but a couple of things yes. about gangs of wasipur is you you can watch it one of two ways you can either borrow it from me <laughs> Oh great! <laughs> I have I have it, or you can rent it. It's split into okay. two parts. So Gangs of mm-hmm. Wasipur Part One, Gangs of Wasipur Part Two, but they okay. are the same movie. So it's like Kill Bill. No, because oh. <laughs> and we'll talk we'll talk about all of this later on. But it isn't like Kill Bill. Uh, Gangs of Wasipur Part One and Gangs of Wasipur Part Two is what you have to rent or borrow from me. Okay. And I'm going to say one other thing because mm. it is a lot of movie to watch. I don't, I don't believe in splitting movies apart to watch, but this obviously you have to. Also, I think you can watch it in four parts. So the way the movie is structured, I think you can watch okay. like part one in two parts and then part two in two parts. And so like... You so could, it's like five hours. Are they two and two hours and like they're how one part one is like how long? Part, I can ask you this separately. We don't need to record The movie's this. a total of five hours and 21 minutes. So, like, part one is, like, what? Two hours, two, two hours and a half and... hours, and the second one's, like, two hours and 20 minutes or something like that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Buckle up and settle in. <laughs> if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. <laughs> I think this will be an interesting conversation for a variety of reasons, especially because Mita picked the shortest movie we've ever seen in Fear and Desire, which yeah. was an hour and 10 minutes, <laughs> because that's her jam. And here I am picking five hours and 20 minutes because I'm like, that's okay if the movie's good enough. <laughs> but that is for next week. Nadim has no concept of time. <laughs> I have two kids. <laughs> I know, and like, I'm so surprised. <laughs> you also stay up so late. And I'm like, what are you well, doing? <laughs> uh, but that's for next week. Yeah. Nita and I are going to, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about like how to watch it and all of that offline. But until then, Mita, do you have any funny parting words for us? <laughs> I don't know if they're funny, but they certainly are. Wonderful, marvelous. There you go. Yeah. What are those lyrics? <laughs> so wonderful, marvelous. They, it's just wonderful and marvelous for them, but it's so much they have to add an S at the start. Okay. Thank you for <laughs> yeah. playing that. You can play the song now, I can. or you can play sure. Think Pink. Or how to be lovely, or there's so like so much. many you could choose from. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Please like, subscribe, share, and rate and review. And we will see you for one of the longest movies ever made in the history of cinema, Gangs of Wasipur. If I make it next week. <laughs> Have a lovely week. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by No One. You can follow us on Instagram at Movies to Watch Pod, on Twitter at Movies the Number Two Watch Pod, on the TikTok at Movies to Watch Pod, or send us an email at Movies to Watch Pod at gmail.com. 
As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon. <laughs>